this isn't your past. This, you are nothing like you were before. Like you are a whole new woman. <laughs> Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. When you found out that you were pregnant, what emotions ran through your brain? Excitement, thrill, joy, or did you experience fear, shame, or a resurgence of old traumas? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 218 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we're speaking to Amanda Lopez. Amanda is a mama to three children, two of whom were born to her while Amanda was still a teenager. Today, we'll be discussing Amanda's experiences as a teen mother and how her most recent home birth brought incredible healing to her previous perceptions of pregnancy and birth. Now, before we jump in, I have got a free gift for you, the Achieve Your Empowered Home Birth mini course. This course helps break down where we're having breakdowns in terms of preparation for home birth and motherhood and what we can do to prepare instead. Now, if you're interested in joining me inside of the Home Birth Collective, my group mentorship program for mothers who want to truly prepare for birth and motherhood on a foundational level, this is the best way to learn about my approach. To grab the mini course, just send me a DM on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast. Just send the word home birth. One word, no exclamation marks, no emojis. Seriously, the chat is so sensitive. But that will send the course right to you. Or you can click on the link in the show notes to have it sent to your email. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And the show is not medical advice. It's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I am too. I'm so excited to hear your story. Would you mind taking just a minute here at the beginning to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah. So hi, I'm Amanda Lopez. I live in the small town of Reedley, California, where there's not a lot of home births. <laughs> I'll say, I don't know anybody who's had a home birth. I'm, they're out here, but you know, I don't know them. <laughs> so um, I have three children. My two daughters I actually had when I was a teenager. So they are 13 and 10 now. And then my son, he just turned seven months today and he was my home birth. Um, my husband and I, I've been with him since I was 16 and we've been down a long journey. Um, after I had my daughters, I actually dealt with a lot of health issues. And so that kind of led me down a path eventually um, of discovering like just healthy living and like becoming really passionate about that. So I actually like share, try to share about that like on my Instagram and I have a blog where I share that. And that's kind of what led me to like the whole home birth um, you know, just coming upon that and being interested in it because like online and the health community, a lot of people are doing it. And I'm like, I was super intrigued. <laughs> so I started looking more into it and I just wanted this pregnancy to be like as holistic and natural and like healthy as possible. So yeah, that's just a little bit about me. 
That's great. It's really interesting to hear how we come across home birth. Um, and I do feel like Instagram, like, you know, just social media in general has been really beneficial in terms of getting the word of home birth out there to a certain extent. So um, that's really neat to hear that. And uh, I'm curious uh, as we go through your story, I'll, I'll be curious to hear some if you're interested in sharing about your health journey as well, um, because that is so impactful. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah, it changes everything for us. Um, so could we start at the beginning? I would love to hear, you know, I know that there are a number of moms who have experienced or are experiencing teen pregnancies. And I don't think there's a lot of discussion around this beyond perhaps the negative discussion of it, but but just hearing your story. And I, I'd love to know what that was like for you and um, just hear how, yeah, how you progressed, how that's molded you as a person. Oh, yeah. I think when I was younger and going through that, hearing, you know, something like this of being able to relate to somebody um, would have been really helpful. So I'm definitely excited to share about that. Um, it it was hard, you know, there's no sugarcoating it. it. It was a hard journey, but it definitely shaped me into who I am today. And, you know, I was literally only 14 years old when I became pregnant with my first daughter. So extremely young. Um, I had, I had her a couple days before my 15th birthday. And then I had my second daughter a couple weeks before my 18th birthday. So <laughs> it was, you know, and there was a, stark difference between being um, 17 and 14 uh, and pregnant. Yeah. Like there is a huge difference and a whole nother like um, level of struggle that comes with being 14 and pregnant because it's just like so extremely young. Um, and it was just super like isolating and scary. And there was so much fear and shame and guilt. And like it was just um, a really tough journey. I know uh, when I found out I was pregnant, I was just in complete shock because I think at that age, you're just not, you're not even mature enough to think that something like that would happen to you. You know, you're still just so immature. And even though like maybe you've had sex ed in school and you kind of know that that could happen to you, but you don't really like believe it. You know, you're just like, um, I don't know. I just didn't even think that that was something that was going to happen to me. I'm like, oh yeah, like I won't have kids till I'm, you know, 30 or something like that. Like, and here I am, you know, 14 in that situation. You think, you, you know, feelings are so strong when you're that, that age. Pressures are so strong. Um, and you feel like I'm in love and, you know, this whole thing. And you feel like this is, you know, having sex, like it's something that, you have to do, you know, so many other people around you are doing it and you just feel like that's a natural progression in your relationship. Like, and you're literally just a child. Yeah. Um, so it's really sad and heartbreaking when I think back, um, to me at that age. Um, but sure enough, you know, if you, you make those decisions, the consequences, you can end up pregnant. And that's exactly what happened to me. So I found out I was pregnant and I was so scared. I actually went to my pediatrician and um, she told me, you know, you know that there's just like this pill you could take and like this can all go away. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I went home and I thought about all this, you know, and I'm just like, what do I do? And I have no real, like, realistic, like, I don't know what it's like to raise a child, you know, and I just have no even realistic view of it. Um, I never knew how hard it would actually be, but I just knew in my heart that that wasn't the path for me. Um, so I decided to tell my parents um, and tell them that I was planning on following through with the pregnancy and just being a teen mother. And I was definitely so blessed that my parents were, I mean, as much as it hurt them and it was like, it, at the time they, you know, it felt like the worst thing that could happen. Um, they were very supportive of me and um but they were also very like tough love so it was like yeah but you're gonna have to like be responsible like we're not babysitting for you we're not gonna be the parents you know this yeah. is your child we'll help you we'll support you but like we're not waking up at night like you're doing that you know so i think that that helped me mature a lot because um they really just you know made sure that i was gonna be like responsible for my child so my pregnancy ended up being extremely rough. Um, I was so sick. I think my body was just so like depleted, like it was so stressful for me. I was sick from day one to the very last day. Like mm -hmm. I was just sick the whole time. I actually got diagnosed with gestational diabetes, um, which so not only was I experiencing pregnancy, but I was also experiencing diabetes and like I was controlling that through diet, which was very like strict and restraining. And like, I was used to just eating whatever I wanted. Oh, and my word. And as a 14 year old, just like trying to figure this out. Oh, that just, and I have a, if I can go back. So you, oh, yeah. you found out you were pregnant and then went to your pediatrician. Is that how it, you found out? And then you went to your pediatrician? Yeah. So I was experiencing just things I never felt before. I was nauseated. I was like, just, you know, just didn't feel good. I was exhausted. So, you know, I start Googling like pregnancy symptoms. Like I had friends with older sisters who had babies and I kind of like asked them like, you know, what does it feel like to be pregnant? Like I had this feeling, I just felt so like sick and, um, I didn't have the flu or anything. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I think I might be pregnant. Like this might be happening to me. So, um, me and my friend, we went to the dollar store and we got like some pregnancy tests and I, I took them and like, I'll never forget. Like we looked at it and it was, it said I was pregnant and it was just like this feeling of total shock and like fear through my whole body. And like, we literally, we just couldn't believe it. Like, oh my gosh, this is real. So I went to my pediatrician and like got it confirmed um, before I, you know, figured out how I'm going <laughs> to tell my parents and all of that, which was just so nerve wracking. And I felt like such a disappointment. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And so, okay. So you're going through this pregnancy, you've got gestational diabetes. Um, yeah. And how, how was that? Like how, how was your support around you during that experience? Yeah. I think that was one of the most devastating things for me was that at at 14, your friends are like everything, you know, you hang out with your friends like every day, you have sleepovers on the weekend, like, and they just feel like it's like, these are my sisters, you know, but when I became pregnant, like everything just changed and I don't even blame them. 
it it's like impossible for other kids my age to understand what I was going through and why I was being different or, you know, they just couldn't like understand. And so I think that that's where I started to get disconnected from my friends. And I just felt so isolated, so lonely. Um, my mom, she was like everything to me, you know, she really just like helped me through all of that and was my best friend. Um, but unfortunately, like, yeah, I just felt like I had no friends anymore. Like I just, I ended up having to go on to homeschool because I was too sick to like continue going to school every day. So I got so disconnected from like everything that was happening. And, um, my relationship at the time was at the time it was like emotionally and mentally like abusive and um it kind of, it traveled into physical abuse postpartum mm -hmm. um so that was also like i was under like that and i wasn't telling people what i was going through and i think people just thought like uh, oh like why are you with this person or you know they're cheating on you or doing this and that. And, um, I was just trapped in like the abusive cycle and that I now understand, but I was really just like trapped in that and like being pregnant. And like at that age, you're just like, well, I want to be with the person that's the father of my child. And like, you're just, you're so like, just desperate for love and support and care. And I think, um, that just really brought me into like a deep depression and also the diet that I was on was like depleting me as well. So I went from being like a vibrant, like outgoing teenager to being like very withdrawn. Um, I was just like pale skin and bones with a belly and everywhere I went, like people like gave me really weird looks. Um, and there was like a lot of judgment and like people talking bad about me that I knew. So, um, it was definitely really hard. Mm. It sounds, it sounds so, so difficult with, and, and with so many layers to the difficulty, not just like, oh, there was this one thing and it was really hard. It's like, no, there were so many layers to this. And, um, I'm sure just, you know, being so young and being so vulnerable, um, which oftentimes, right. That's like why those relationships start in the first place. Like that's, it's that seeking of that, um, of love from somebody else. Like, am I worthy? You know, that's the question. And then this happens, you become pregnant and then it's like, oh, and, and now you don't care about me either. So it's here you are holding on to, you know, I mean, natural consequences. And obviously those na natural consequences turned into a beautiful human being. And that's absolutely life is so celebratory. Like it's just so amazing, but just putting myself in your shoes at that time, I, I just, oh, I, I ache for that younger you that had to have been just so hard. Yeah, it, it was really hard. And I, you know, look back and being in like the abusive relationship, like I think that that was like also just like such a deep layer to what I went through that like really like made it extra hard for me. And I think like 
teenagers are so vulnerable to being in toxic and abusive relationships because you lack like that emotional maturity um, and just like the skills to have healthy relationships. And a lot of us might just be emulating, you know, what we've seen growing up, like if our parents were in those kind of relationships or, you know, we kind of like as much as we may have hated that we may actually become that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like when you're that age, there's just you lack that maturity to understand like, hey, this is dangerous. Like, I need to get out of this. Like, this isn't love. Like, you know, and you're just like, keep going back because you're like, oh, no, well, they do love me. And like, the reason why that they, you know, treated me that way was because they loved me. And like, you just kind of get caught up in that um, lies that you tell yourself. Mm, Yeah. So as you let's towards the end of that pregnancy and into labor, what were your expectations? And then how did that birth go? I definitely like towards the end of pregnancy, like you start to kind of accept the, you know, you're a little bit more like, okay, you know, I'm having this baby, I'm going to be a mom, you have some excitement, obviously, like in the beginning, it's really like, scary and disappointing. And yeah, there's fears all throughout, but you start to become excited. And you have that natural instinct to want to nurture your child and be a good mother. And I had all of these like goals and stuff of like the kind of mother I wanted to be. And um, I was definitely scared for childbirth, but I took like a childbirthing class. And And um, there was actually other like teen moms in that class as well. And like, um, I, I knew in my head, I'm like, okay, I want the epidural. Like that was like, I was just like, there's no way I'm like going to experience like giving birth without an epidural. Like I had my mind like set on that. Um, So that was like one expectation that I had. My mom told me the story of like her getting to the hospital and it being too late for her to have an epidural. And I'm like, I do not want that to happen to me. Like I'm getting it. So I think um, another thing was just like, I kind of just followed anything the doctors told me because like I didn't know any better. And there wasn't like Instagram makes people like so aware of so much stuff nowadays or like TikTok and stuff like that. Like I didn't have all that. And so like I literally just had like this baby book and the baby book was like the it was like the old school what to expect when you're expecting. And like that's what I went off of and I expected whatever was in that book. So I just went off of that and I whatever the doctor told me I went with. Um, They treated me very high risk because of the gestational diabetes, which now I know like from what my midwife told me is like if you were able to control it through diet and your blood sugars weren't all over the place, like, and you didn't have to take insulin, like, you shouldn't have been treated so high risk. There really wasn't a risk. Um, And it was ironic because they wanted to induce me because they said that if you have gestational diabetes, you have a higher risk of having a large baby. Um, But yet at all my appointments, they were worried that my baby was going to be too small because I was so small. So it kind of was like contradicting itself. Um, They made me go in for like constant like monitoring like every other day. Um, And there was never a sign of any fetal distress or anything, but yet they still wanted me to get induced. So and actually at the time, like being induced wasn't necessarily the worst thing for me because I think there was a lot of anxiety around spontaneous labor. And so it kind of helped me mentally to like know like, okay, you know, this is when I'm going to go in. I can mentally prepare. And so 
that's what we did. And we mentally prepared. Um, and I went in and they did their thing, put me on the Pitocin. And um, I started having the contractions. And I was, um, it, you know, it was it, it obviously intense. Um, and it was mostly I with my other two, I had back labor. So this was the only one that I didn't have back labor. So even though they were Pitocin contractions, um, for me, back labor was just way more intense. Um, so it wasn't like super intense, but it definitely, I wanted the epidural. Cause like I said, it was more of a fear-based decision and not necessarily like, oh, I can't take this. I need an epidural. So right. as soon as they offered it to me after, you know, being in labor for several hours, I took my opportunity. That was the plan. <laughs> that had been yeah. The plan. <laughs> yeah. So th- they did I got the epidural and I'm not like scared of like being poked or anything like that. So like that was fine with me. Um, But as soon as like the medication got into my system, my blood pressure actually dropped like dramatically. Um, So I had like uncontrollable shakes and like I felt like super nauseous and like I had like kind of a scary moment there where like I really didn't feel well at all, Um, but they were able to stabilize me. Um, and actually the epidural didn't fully work for me. So I had all these plans of like, oh, I'm not going to feel anything. Um, but I still had a lot of feeling. Um, and I started to have, you know, as the hours went by, the pain just intensified for me. Um, and so I wanted them to give me more epidural (laughs) and, um, they came and they're like, well, you're out of 10. So, you're not going to be able to get more epidural. And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, then how, so how did that part go? Once you were complete, once you were pushing, what was that like? Yeah, it actually was probably a good thing I didn't get more epidural because I was able to have some filling. So the pushing was like, super, it was like 10 minutes and wow. uh, my daughter was out. Yeah. And it was just like this um, just flood of emotions, like just crying, like everything I had been through up to that point, like to just, I was so happy to not be pregnant anymore because it was like the worst feeling of my life being pregnant. So I was just like, oh my gosh, thank God. (laughs) And so I had her and held her in my arms and, uh, she was so beautiful. And I, I teared a little bit. I had to get like one stitch, um, but it wasn't like terrible. Um, and so that sprung me into the whole another journey of my life, which was becoming an actual teen mom and having my daughter there. Gosh. Yeah. And what was that transition like for you? It was a rough transition. She had colic. Um, I really wanted to breastfeed so bad. I had took like a breastfeeding class and all this stuff. And she, my mother never breastfed and I didn't have anybody around me. I didn't really know about like lactation consulting or anything like that. So I just like tried so hard and everything like made her like vomit. Like none of the formulas agreed with her. The breast milk didn't seem to be agreeing with her. Like I was just trying everything. We we're switching formulas and she was just screaming like 24 seven. And, um, so it was really grueling. And like, I was really like sad then like heartbroken that the breastfeeding like wasn't working out. Um, and eventually we found a formula that like seemed to do okay with her. And so like my parents said, they were not waking up at night. So I 
did all that by myself. I woke up at night every night with her. Um, and you know, we just really formed this incredible bond, uh, because she was all I had. Like, it just felt like this is all I have. Like, I'm no longer like really connected with my friends. My relationship is just terrible at this point. It started to become physically abusive. Um, and I, my self-esteem was so low. Um, so my daughter was like, my saving grace. Literally, she was. I loved her so much. And I woke up every day with just the determination of like, I'm going to do good for her. I'm going to finish school. I'm going to be a good mom. Like, I'm going to prove people wrong. And like, that was just like my motivation every single day. But it was so, so hard. And um, at the same time, I started to develop like really intense, like digestive issues. Um, and so I just never felt good. Like I thought once pregnancy was over, I was going to like feel good again, but I never did. And so I started just feeling like sick all the time. Um, I was on birth control because obviously I did not want to like be pregnant again. So, but the birth control was just making me even sicker. And, and I was like, so just like depressed that I ended up being like 70 pounds. Um, I was just like skin and bones. And like, when I look back at pictures of myself back then, I just look so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I just look like my eyes are sunken in. Like, I'm just so like lifeless. Um, and so I, uh, started just experiencing that and we knew nothing about like health or like eating healthy or, uh, my parents, they would like cook, but like, we didn't know anything about like, I don't know, organic or any of that, you know, right. we just ate what we ate and, you know, used the products that we used and we didn't know about like toxins or anything like that. So, um, I didn't have anything besides the doctor. Like I would just go to the doctor and they would just like prescribe me like more medications. And I think that was just like making me worse. So, um, that's kind of like where I was at, at that moment, I was in like a really dark, dark space. And I, um, was honestly like suicidal and, I would like be up at night and just my daughter was like the only reason why I was like alive. Like I just felt like this is the only thing I have to live for basically. Mm-hmm. Mm, gosh, that is, I mean, the idea of of being so young, being a teenager where your emotions and hormones are already just like massively in flux and yes. then experiencing postpartum depression. <laughs> postpartum mood disorders on top of that. What a difficult time. And not to mention all of the, you know, the relational aspects that were going on that were so difficult. Um, What an intense time. And I'm curious to hear how things progressed and what changed between that. And then when you had your second daughter, when you were, you said you were right, right almost at 18. Yeah. So, um, I, like I said, was in a pretty dark place. Um, My mom, we made the decision that I should go back to public school uh, because being home every day was just unhealthy for me. So I, uh, my mom said, um, I'll watch the baby for a couple days and then we'll put her in daycare um, for a couple days. So 
I was so thankful to have that support because I really needed to like reintegrate with society because I had been isolated for so long. So um, I started back at school and I started kind of just like reconnecting with friends, making new friends. And it was crazy because like when I went to school, like I felt like so much had changed. Like not only was I a different person, but like the style, like everything around me was just like different. I felt like I had been like just isolated for, even though really in reality, wasn't that long when you're a teenager, like so much happens between freshman year and junior year. (laughs) There's like a lot of change. So it was like, it kind of shocking to me. Um, and at the time I was like taking some like, uh, like antacid medications and stuff like that that were kind of helping me like to be able to eat more and like stuff like that. So at this point I was still though in the abusive relationship. And so that was really like holding me back a lot. Um, And I had a really like terrible incident um, in that relationship that was just kind of like a last straw for me uh, where I got really scared and um, I was physically abused and like in a public setting and like nobody helped me. Um, and I had to, I ended up fleeing basically what I felt like for my life. And, um, when I finally like found like somebody to help me, uh, they called my parents and cause I didn't have like my phone or anything like that. Um, and so I call, was able to finally call for help. And that's when it came to light what I was going through. Um, I think there was suspicion, but like, this is when it really came to light of like, okay, you are being physically abused um, and something needs to happen about this. And I think that was honestly the best moment for me. And I really encourage others like in that situation to just tell somebody because I think I was so embarrassed to tell people and like ashamed of what I was going through that Um, once it finally came out, yes, it was like really like embarrassing, even though it shouldn't have been, um, I felt embarrassed and like shamed about it. Um, it was actually the best thing for me because once like the proper people knew what I was going through, they were able to help me, uh, get out of that situation safely. So once I was kind of able to like pull out of that situation and distance myself from that person, I was able to slowly um, revitalize my happiness and who I was as a person and my um, confidence. And um, I put on weight again and I was like just feeling more like myself and um just like that really changed a lot for me. So I'm so thankful to that and like for that coming to light because that's when I really was like, okay, like I'm feeling better. Like I have my confidence again. Like I have friends again, a support system. Um, and I've kind of got this motherhood thing down. Like I was out of my like depression. And so I really was able to kind of, um, flourish at that time. And even though it was still difficult, obviously I was still like waking up at night with a baby and going to school and all these things and trying to balance like being a teen and a mom and all these things. Um, that kind of led me to like being happy again and being in a safe space. So, um, from there, of course, once you're a happy teenager with confidence, you meet another boy. (laughs) And that's where my husband came in, my now husband. Um, And so we had met and I was like, just 
I really didn't want to be somebody who like, I didn't want to like bring different like people around my daughter. And I wanted to be very careful about like who I dated. Um, so I just hung out with my husband. I was like friends, but like, you know, I was falling in love with him and all that stuff. <laughs> but um, he kept asking me to be his girlfriend. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like this, is, you know, I can't. Um, and I just kept praying, like, God, the next person that comes into my life that I get in a relationship with, like, I want them to be, like, my forever person, and which kind of seems silly at 16 to be asking for, but um, I was blessed that it actually ended up working out that way for me. So I um, eventually, like, gave in and was like, okay, like, you know, I'll be your girlfriend. And so we um, had our, you know, relationship and... Um, I was on a birth control, but um, I had tried, I think, like three or four different birth controls at the time, and they always made me sick. Um, and so I would just feel like so sick and like not myself. And then as soon as I would get off the birth control, I would feel like happy and like I would be able to eat again and like just my digestion would be better. So, of course, like I got off the birth control and I just you know, found myself in the same situation. And it's, it's like so many people from the outside, like can be like, how could you do that? Like, you know, and even myself, I was telling myself like, oh my gosh, like, don't I know better? Like, look at everything I just went through. Like, how could I, but again, like you're still a teenager and you still just like, I don't know. There's just like this different level of like maturity to like your thinking and your thought processing. And you're very like, um, caught up in emotion and, um, impulsive, you know, when you're a teenager. Yeah. So I think that that's kind of what led me to making some of the same decisions. And, um, so I ended up being pre pregnant. Okay. I actually went to my OB for like a, something else and they, they make you take, you know, a test when you go, you have to urinate in a cup and they came and told me, um, that I'm pregnant and I was absolutely devastated. I was devastated. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't, like, I, I can't do this. I can't go through this again. I can't experience pregnancy again. I can't, I'm going to lose all my friends. Like everything's going to like be ruined. My relationship, like everything, all this happiness that like I worked so hard to get to is going to be gone. Like, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm going to disappoint like everyone around me. Like I just felt so dumb. I was just like, how could you let this happen again? Like, come on, Amanda, like, you know, better than this. Like, and so I just felt like so terrible in that moment. I was so scared. And, um, it just felt like, I just didn't know what to do. I'm like, I don't know if I can like go through with this. Like, I don't know. Like, and anyone who's been there, like where you've been, you know, in a situation where you shouldn't, probably be getting pregnant and you end up pregnant. Like it's just this most scary like situation, you know? And so, um, I had, I needed to process. So I was in shock. I needed to process. I wasn't feeling pregnancy symptoms at that point. So I didn't know it was like, I don't know why it hit me as a surprise, you know, because I should have known that that was a possibility that I could be, but of course I didn't. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> I processed it. I talked to my boyfriend and he was, you know, really supportive and like there for me for whatever decision I made. Um, and once I processed it, I just, you know, looked at my daughter and like how beautiful of a blessing like she was in my life. And I'm like, 
I got, got to buckle up and <laughs> here I go. Like I've, I made my bed now I've got to lie in it and I'm going to be a mother again. So, um, I was so scared to tell my parents and, um, you know, I just felt like such a disappointment. It was really hard, but my mom, I told her of course, and she was definitely obviously like, you know, it was like hard for her to hear. Um, but you know, she told me like, I'm going to be there for you, but you have to like get out on your own and like be responsible. Like you're all going to be 18 soon. So like, you know, we can't raise like two children under our roof. Like you're going to have to like do it. So, um, I moved out when I was 17 never looked back since. (laughs) Yeah. So I moved, um, that pregnancy, it ended up being, um, better, better. So it wasn't quite, I didn't have gestational diabetes. I still was sick. So like I vomited every day, the first trimester and, um, my support system was a little better because I was in like a better relationship. Um, and I, you know, my friends were, it was still isolating. Cause I think pregnancy in general is just like, can be isolating yeah. no matter like, no matter how, how old you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was less isolating, I would say, but it was still like really hard. Um, I still felt sick and like swollen and just not, you know, I never understood when people said like, oh yeah, like pregnancy was easy or comfortable. Like I'm like, nope, never going to be me. Like I hate pregnancy. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So I went through that pregnancy and obviously like, even though I wasn't in like an abusive relationship anymore, um, I was still in a teenage relationship, which comes with a lot of challenges. Like, and, it was still like not the healthiest at the time because I had a lot of trauma from the things I went through. I had trust issues and all these things. And, um, so, I mean, I think pregnancy could be testing to any relationship. And so, and then I had a baby, a baby as well, a two year old. So, um, it was a lot, it was a lot and it was really difficult. And then obviously we moved out, we got an apartment. Um, my boyfriend, he was 18 and I was 16. And so, we, um, you know, Q was working and we had the two-year-old and I was pregnant and like, we just like figured out life, like wow. how to be responsible, how to pay bills, like <laughs> how yeah, to do it know, on our own. I kind of, I think it's interesting. And I mean, I'm, I'm curious to hear your feelings on this, but I, I feel like your mom, your parents, like definitely had that balance of grace, but then responsibility. Like, okay, like we love you. We're going to help you. We support you. Also, like you, you have made these decisions and we're going to hold you accountable. Like, do you feel like that's kind of what that was like? Absolutely. And I'm so thankful, even though like in the times, like I definitely clashed with my parents, like going through some of those things. And like now, like being a mom now for 13 years, like 
I totally like see and like I feel so bad for when I put them through. I'm like, oh my gosh, how did you guys deal with me? Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but uh, they were just um, so thankful that I had them because yeah, they just had that perfect balance for me to help me to mature, to be the person that I am today and to be a responsible mother, um, but also giving me the support that I needed and not just they weren't just like kicking me out and leaving right. me, you know, to fend for myself. They definitely helped me. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, I, that just, that really stood out to me in this. Um, and so, okay. So you, you and your, your husband now you're together, you're living together, you're pregnant. Were you still in, were you in public school at that point? Did you go through your pregnancy in public school this time? Yeah. So actually, um, I was in public school like my junior year and then part of my senior year. And then actually before I found out I was pregnant, I had went back onto homeschool uh, just because it was getting really hard for me to balance like um, school and my daughter who was two years old. So it was like getting kind of hard for me to do that. And so I um, went back to homeschool. So when I found out I was pregnant, I was already finishing out my senior year. Um, okay. So while I was pregnant, I actually graduated with 4.0 GPA. So I was really nice. proud of myself. I had got a scholarship. Um, and so I was like really um, happy about that and motivated to want to go to college and all of those things. Wow. That's incredible. That's really, really impressive. And, you know, when you said like, she was your reason for doing things like you were serious. Like that was your motivation. And wow, like you, you were really able to, to work hard for, for her and for your future. Yeah. And I think like one thing that was like a big standout was like my mom told me this and my mom tells me this to this day as now I have a teenager and obviously the worries that she'll go through the things that I went through and like trying to like, you know, like help her navigate, you know, being a teen. Um, I, my mom always tells me, she says like, sometimes the worst things that you think could happen to you, like at the time it felt like, oh, my teenage daughter's pregnant. Like this is like the worst thing that could happen. She was like, honestly, ended up maybe being the best thing that could have happened. And like, they're so proud of like who I was because at the time, I mean, who knows what path I would have went down because I was really like a troublemaker. <laughs> and so I was just making a lot of bad decisions at, you know, at that time in my life. And like, I was just like super rebellious, fearless, like just all of that stuff. And so um, who knows, you know, what decisions I could have made and where I could have ended up and, because I got pregnant, it just really focused me on like finishing school and like being responsible and like making good decisions. Maybe not all of them, you know, I still made mistakes, but like just um, really having somebody who was like I was responsible for helped, um, made me accountable like for every decision that I made. And like it just shaped me so much into who I am today. And like my parents are just like, yeah, like you know, that was like really scary for you to go through all that. And it seemed like the worst thing, but like, we're, they're so happy that like, I went through that, not, not that I went through it, but like that I came out on the other side and like how it shaped me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is your story. You would not be the same without it. Um, and, and yeah, you've got those two precious children that, you know, that that's, like I said, it's just, that there is always something to celebrate when it comes to to life. And so um, what was that second uh, labor like for you? 
Yeah. So I went through my pregnancy. I got past my due date, 41 weeks. I'm like, get this baby out of me. I, like I said, I hated being pregnant. I was so miserable and I just was doing all the things, you know, to try to get her out. (laughs) This time I wasn't being induced. So it was going to be my first time, like just going into labor naturally, uh, which I was had anxiety about that. Um, And so I still wanted the epidural. I was still like, I want the epidural. (laughs) I was still making like fear-based decisions at that time in my life, which I mean, and I understand because like you're literally a teenager and it's just like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to fill everything. Like, I don't need to be empowered. Okay. I'm empowered enough already. I, (laughs) I I don't need that. So, um, and I still just went along with anything the doctors told me, you know, I didn't really have a voice in my pregnancy, which is something that you'll see changed a lot (laughs) with this last one. Um, but I just, um, started getting contractions one day and I was like, okay, I'm getting contractions. Like, let's go to the hospital. I'm in labor. Like, you know, as soon as I started filling them and they were like consistent. So we went to the hospital and, they were like, oh, no, you're still like, you know, too soon. Like, you got to go back home. I'm like, what? I was so mad. I'm like, what? Why are they sending me home? Like, which was probably a good thing in hindsight. But I was like, what? I'm, I'm in labor. It's time to go, you know. But I went home and um, I actually ended up sleeping through the night. Like, my contractions subsided. I woke up in the morning and they still weren't there. So I was a little bit discouraged. But my mom's like, take a bath and like, you know, see if they start back up. So I took a nice bath and I, um, sure enough, they started back up. And this time I'm like, okay, I don't want to be sent back home. I didn't like that whole process of like going in and being sent back home. So I'm actually going to wait as long as possible to go in. So I went over to my parents' house and like just labored like all day there where they had like the yoga ball. I took showers, like the guys are watching football. Like we were just, um, hanging out and, um, we, I went like pretty much all day in labor and then it was like, I don't know, six o'clock or something like that. And I ate, my labor was getting pretty intense. Um, and I was having back labor. So that was something I didn't experience the first time. And so that made the contractions just a lot more intense. And um, so that was really hard for me. But like the shot, taking a shower, like really helped and just the water like running on my back. And so I ate my final meal because I knew once they I went to the, you know, hospital, they weren't going to let me eat. So I had my final meal and then we went off to the hospital and I believe I was dilated at like a seven when I got there. Um, and it was pretty intense at that time. And so of course I'm like epidural, don't forget. I need it before I get any further. (laughs) So, um, they came in and I warned them. I said, last time I got the epidural, my blood pressure dropped like significantly. Um, but they didn't seem to even like take that into consideration. And so they gave me that epidural. And of course it happened to me again. And they're like rushing in to try to stabilize me. I'm like, I told you guys like this was going to happen to me, you know? So they were able to stabilize me. Um, And so my labor like continued, they broke my water for me to kind of try to like progress things along. And um, I, once I was ready, I, again, it was like pretty smooth. Like this time the epidural worked though. This time the epidural worked. So I felt like just, I couldn't really feel anything. And so then it was time to push and 
yeah, it was like really easy for me. Pushing has always been like pretty smooth for me, thankfully. So the pushing part like went really smooth and they handed me my daughter. And again, it was just this wave of emotions and crying. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have, you know, sisters. And even though it was scary to have like, uh, my daughter was just about to turn three. So a three-year-old and a newborn was like so scary. But like now I see like, they totally needed each other, you know, and like through everything that I went through, like they had companionship in each other and they, it was meant to be that way. Like, even though I seen it, I was like, oh, I made this mistake and all this stuff. Like it wasn't a mistake. Like it was totally like just in God's plan for them to have each other as they grew up and yeah. to have that sisterhood and companionship. And so I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, it, it was definitely really beautiful. Mm, wow. Yeah, it, it's it's so special to be able to look on things, you know, with with clearer perspective on the other side of this seemed so difficult. This seemed like a tragedy in some ways. And it was not like it. It no. was not by any means. Um, that is that's so beautiful. So you now have these two little girls, three years apart, um, and then you've got this big break between between baby number two and baby number three. So um, what? How did that go? And then I'm so excited to hear after that span of time. I mean, that's a that's significant growing time. Just like you said, yeah. like with teenage pregnancies. I mean, when we are teenagers our prefrontal cortexes, like our thinking brain is not fully online. Um, so yeah. between that time and then this third pregnancy, you reached that. <laughs> Your brain's fully formed. So I'm curious. I'm just really curious to hear the differences with this, with this third experience. Yeah. So a journey it was, a journey it was, you know, just at home, 18 years old, toddler, newborn. Um, and unfortunately, I I had got the Marina IUD after having my daughter. Um, and I they told me it'll take like two weeks for it to kick in. Um, and in two weeks, I became very ill, <laughs> very ill. So I could barely function. I was so sick. I, it was worse than pregnancy. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like terrible. Uh, I could barely take care of my two kids. My husband was working 12 hours. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, I know it's this Mirena. Like I, I just knew it instinctually in my body. So it was around the holidays and I called my OB and my OB was on vacation. And like, they were like, oh, like, no, like we've never heard of that with the Mirena. Like you need to give it more time. You probably have like the flu or something. I'm like, no, I know my body. Like this is not the flu. Like this thing is making me sick. So I ended up going to urgent care and they tried to like take it out of me with like pliers and like they tried for like ever I was like bleeding like they couldn't get it out of me <laughs> so I still had it in me I had to wait until they could get me into my OB then I went to my OB um they couldn't find it so they're like well we don't know maybe it proliferated into your uterus like you might have to have surgery like so here I am just so devastatingly sick I know it's this Mirena I'm like, I need to get this out of me, but now I have it in my body for an unnecessary amount of time because nobody could get it. Um, so they made another appointment with me to like 
do like an ultrasound to see if they could find it. And it was intact. Thankfully, they had cut the strings too short and that's why nobody could see it or get to it. Um, so they were able to successfully get it out of me this time. Um, and sure enough, within a couple of weeks, like I started to feel like functional again. Um, however, I never felt the same again in my life. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just the beginning of chronic health issues for me at that point. I just had like fatigue, migraines, digestive issues. Um, it was just hard for me to function, hard for me to take care of my girls. Um, it was a lot. And so I started just seeking medical attention, like my doctors, and, you know, they would just put me on different medications and um, none of that was helping me. So like eventually I went to like a naturopathic doctor and I started seeing different those and taking different labs. And like, it was just like this whole journey of like, maybe this supplement will help me. Maybe this will help me. And it just felt like I was never going to feel better. I was never going to, I had lost a lot of weight again. Um, and was dealing with like some depression again, postpartum, just because I had so much on my plate and I wasn't feeling good. Um, and so, um, I also did forget to mention that, um, my, first daughter, her, her biological father passed away while I was pregnant with my second. Yeah. Wow. So there was a lot of emotions processing there as well. Um, and so, you know, fears for my daughter growing up, you know, without that. And, um, because the relationship had its complications, there was like waves of different grieving that I went through. Um, it took me a while to get to true grieving because I was so like closed off and like from all the hurt I had been through. Um, so that was like a, also a process for me as well. So there was a lot going on. Um, and so through these past 10 years, um, there's just been so much growing, so much trying to discover. They diagnosed me with fibromyalgia, with IBS, which all of those diagnoses are kind of like, we don't know what's wrong with you. So yep. we're going to call it this, <laughs> but there's no cure and we don't know what the cause is. And like, that's kind of what I was given. Like, oh, there's no cure for this. There's no, like, we don't know why it's happening to you. Um, you know, that was kind of, maybe it's just stress. Like, and I'm like, no, there's like a lot deeper stuff going on. Like I know. So that kind of was what led me on my path. I'm a big like researcher. So I was researching a way, like trying to find like different remedies and natural ways. And that just like, I started diving into just like health and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, like I don't eat anything like this. Like I don't never thought twice about the toxins I put on my body. Um, and I use, you know, all this makeup and hairsprays and lotions and potions and, you know, it's the air fresheners and like all this stuff. And I started thinking like, oh, wow, like, yeah, I'm probably like pretty toxic. <laughs> and I think in order for my body to like heal, I need to like detox and like eliminate some of these like toxins from my life and just like be healthier and mindful of like what I put in and on my body. And so it actually like made its way into like this huge passion for me. Like I just became super passionate. I love to cook. So like I was just like learning how to cook like gluten-free and paleo and like all this healthy foods and like recreating my favorite meals that way. And like 
I started, I love like skincare and like makeup. So I started like just discovering like, well, I know I'm determined to find like skincare and makeup that doesn't have toxic ingredients, but that still performs. And so I just like dove in on this journey of like finding and recommending these things to like family and friends and like started recommending them like on my social media and like that just led to like this big passion. I started connecting with like other people like in that kind of health space. And um, it just like really, really like formed me into kind of like who I am today. Like I started feeling better. Um, My fibromyalgia symptoms weren't there anymore. Um, I was having just like, I was having more energy. I was able to like exercise and like put on weight and like be just like healthier. I wasn't like a, 100% because like gut takes a long time to heal. There's so much damage that had been done to my gut through just like trauma and stress and like eating unhealthy um, that still to this day I have like some digestive issues, but I learned how to eat properly to kind of like make my gut happy and like not, you know, have so much inflammation. And so I just had came such a long way in my health and I really wanted to like share these things with other people, like so that hopefully they wouldn't have to go through what I went through. Um, So I had like made like a blog and YouTube channel and just like all that kind of stuff and like just got really like passionate about all these things. So that kind of like led me, you know, me and my husband, we got married. We, uh, he adopted my youngest daughter, um, who he's been there for and, you know, helped raise. And she was just a little one and a half year old girl. And so, um, we all, uh, had got like baptized together and like our, like my faith became like a huge part, like of my life because I would have never got through any of the things I got through if it wasn't for my faith, like in God, like he just, really like helped me through those dark times like and just if it wasn't for my faith I would not have been able to like get through that it was just so tough for me and so he just like gave me the strength I needed to raise my daughters and um we kind of came across like the pandemic and um that was really rough on everybody it was rough on my daughters they had to get they weren't in school and it was like taxing on like their mental health. And, um, they just required like a lot of my attention and care during that time. And, um, so I always wanted to have a boy. I always had this dream of having a son, but I never really knew if that would happen for me because, Number one, I was so scared of being pregnant again. I hated being pregnant. Um, After dealing with the chronic health issues and like healing a lot from that, I was like, what if it just like puts me back where I was before? Like, I don't even know if I can ever be pregnant again. And I was kind of just like, I don't even think my body could handle it. Like, what if I just get super sick again and um, all the trauma like I went through and the postpartum, like, I just don't even think I could survive that. Like, I truly just felt like I don't even think I could survive ever being pregnant again. Um, and so it kind of was like heartbreaking for me. Cause it's not that I had fertility issues, like, but it was that I just felt like I truly couldn't handle my health, wouldn't be able to handle another pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of felt like heartbroken of like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever like have like that have a son or any of that. And obviously me and my husband being together for over a decade, like we 
you know, you dream about wanting to have a pregnancy that you plan and that, you know, is like in marriage and not like a teenager, you know, and just uh, that, you know, there's a beauty to that, that we wanted to share. But I just, I just like, I don't know if I could ever do that. And so it was kind of like something I weighed on for a while in my head. And um, after like, you know, just everything with the pandemic and my daughters struggling through that and me being there for them. And I, I was kind of like at this crossroads with like my career and all these things that I'm like, you know, I just, I don't think I want to have any more kids. I just, I'm not going to make any permanent decisions cause I'm still young, but like, I just wanted to verbalize to my husband and to my family that like, i don't want to have any more kids, you know, because everyone's always asking, like, you know, are you gonna like have another one? Are you guys gonna try for a boy? And so I just want it to be like, no, you know, this is my answer. This is what I've come to. Um, and so at this time, I was just praying like every day and just saying, like, I just felt like God wanted me somewhere that I wasn't like venturing towards. So I'm like, God, just like show me where you want me. Like is it something in my career? Is it something like serving in a certain area? Like, I feel like you want me to like go down a certain path and I don't know what it is. And so I was just like praying for that every single day. Um, little did I know it was going to be pregnancy again. <laughs> and I had no idea. So I had been off birth control for years, practicing the fertility awareness method. I'm like really in tune with my cycles. I'm just like, you know, I know when I'm ovulating, I, you know, all of that. And so I've successfully, you know, practiced this method for years. Um, my husband at the time, he had like a very taxing like job and our schedules were like totally just like flip flopped. And so there wasn't like a lot of intimacy going on. And so I'm like, there's no way like I could be pregnant. Like that's impossible, you know, it's impossible. And so I had actually scheduled to have my wisdom teeth removed with a holistic like dentist. And so we had like um, traveled a few hours to go do that. And I was supposed to be starting my cycle um, any day. So I was expecting that because like I said, I was in tune with my body. I'm like, okay, I'm having my PMS symptoms, which were pregnancy symptoms. And I had no idea. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, so I have this wisdom tooth removal and I'm recovering from that, which I had to take like pain meds and I couldn't eat like foods. And so I was feeling like nauseated and tired. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just like healing from this, you know? Um, but as another week went by and I'm like, I still haven't had my cycle. Like, okay, well maybe it's because this wisdom tooth removal, like, you know, sometimes when you go you're through off. stuff like that, yep. you're your cycle gets delayed. So I'm like, there's still no thought in my mind. However, since I'm traumatized from two surprise pregnancies, I have this thing where if I'm late on my period, I just take a pregnancy test. So that way I just don't have to be like paranoid. <laughs> so I just told my husband like, okay, yeah, uh, go get me a pregnancy test. He's like, what? I'm like, oh no, I'm not pregnant. I'm just taking it. So like, I won't have anxiety, you know? So he brings me the pregnancy test and we're like in the bathroom and I take it. And it's like one of those ones, if you know, the two pink lines, I hate those pregnancy tests. Um, but you know, my sweet husband, he didn't know any better. So he brought me that and the first control line pops up. And then all of a sudden there's this very, very, very faint second line. And if you know those tests, you know that 
if you're pregnant, sometimes there's like this super faint line that like will play mind tricks on you. And you're like, do I see something? Do I not? And so I'm like in total denial. I'm like, no, no, that's, I don't see anything. No, there's nothing like (laughs) that. This can't be like, it's impossible. It is impossible. I'm telling you, like I, I did it or not like, no, 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 no. So I'm just like, I'm freaking out. But I'm like, no, okay, I told him, you have to get me the test that says yes or no. Um, And I'll take it later. But there's no way, you know, I'm pregnant. So um, we kind of went through the day and I was like in this twilight zone of like, is this real life? You know, I just made this decision that I don't want to have any more kids. Like, I'm just like, Oh my gosh. So later that evening, we take the yes or no pregnancy test and it takes forever to load. We literally leave the restroom. We come back in the restroom. It's still loading. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then we both look at it. And at the exact same time that we looked at it, a big yes just pops up. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my, we literally jumped back a foot and screamed and we laughed and cried and like every emotion in the world, we like embraced each other. And like, uh, what I wasn't expecting was that all of the negative thoughts and trauma from my past came flooding. It just came flooding. And like, I thought, I'm like, I've healed from this. I've been through therapy. Like it's been a decade. Like I'm, you know, totally like past all these things I've been through before. Like, no, <laughs> the trauma just like came flooding. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, no, like, how could you do this? Like, you are so like, how could you have another surprise pregnancy that you didn't plan? Like, that's so like irresponsible of you. Like, your daughters need you right now. Like, you're a disappointment to everybody. Like, you can't go through this. Like, you're, I just felt so much shame for having an unplanned pregnancy. Like, you know, I just, and I felt scared. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're going to be so sick. Like all this work you've done to be healthy. Like you're just going to go backwards. You're going to be depressed. Like you, you can't do this. Like there's no way that you can do this and like go, like go through this. And like, it was just all that same like stuff, just like flooding back to me as if I was a teenager again. It's like, it didn't matter that I've, you know, been married and like, I'm in a healthy relationship and I have actually have the skills and the tools to like be a mother and like all these things, like none of that mattered at that moment. Like I just felt like a teen again that was like making a mistake. And, um, so my husband, he's so sweet. He just, you know, encouraged me and held me. And he's like, we're going to like get through this. Like, it's going to be okay. And I was just like, so scared. Um, so I think for like the next, while I waited to go to the doctors to like confirm my pregnancy, I was just in this complete shock twilight zone, like so withdrawn. I had, I wanted to keep it a secret from like everybody because like if I was pregnant, I didn't want to bring like this negativity into it. Like I wanted to announce it to people in like a beautiful, positive way because I never had the opportunity before. So I just was like, okay, I'm just going to keep this to myself until like, you know, I know for sure. And so I went to the same OBGYN I went to when I was a teen because I live in a small town and there's not a lot of options. So that didn't help (laughs) with the, you know, bringing everything back. Um, 
And so luckily a lot had changed there. It wasn't the same doctors or nurses or anything. So, but it was the same setting, which was kind of odd. Um, so as I'm getting ready to go to the OB, I'm just like sick to my stomach. I'm so nervous. And I get this text message on my phone from my aunt and she has no idea what I'm going through. Um, and she's also like a woman of faith and like, she sent me something. She took a picture of like her computer and it was like something she's seen on there that she just felt led to like sent me. And it was like this whole like paragraph about how, God chose like our children. She was referring to my daughters already had, but like little did she know, like God wanted her to send that to me for what I was currently going through. And it was just this thing of like, God chose our children to be born in this moment in time for a reason and that they were made for this. And, you know, we're going to raise like these kids who are just made for this generation as scary as it seems. And like, you know, it was just so beautiful. And I'm like, that was it right there. That was God telling me like, no, 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 no. Like this is planned. You may be unplanned to you. You didn't know about it, but I was hiding every single day. Like you've been asking for this every single day. This is the journey that I want you to embark on. This is, you know, a blessing. Like this is a gift. Like you are made for this. You're, you know, I was really felt that this was a boy. I was, had dreams about it. I felt God was like speaking that and showing that to me. It's like, this is your son that you wanted your whole life. Like, um, this is, he's going to be a soldier for, and even in that paragraph, it talked about like them, like being a soldier, like for like the Lord and like for like, you know, the purpose that God has for them on this earth. And like, that just kept like coming to me and I'm like, okay, that was my confirmation of like, this is meant to be, this is not, you're not a teen anymore. This isn't your past. This, you are nothing like you were before. Like you are a whole new woman. (laughs) You are in a different phase of your life. Like this is not going to be like it was before. And you just need to trust that. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard Trust me, I didn't just surrender in that moment. (laughs) It was hard for me. But God, I slowly surrendered because God showed me just all throughout my pregnancy that I had a beautiful pregnancy. I wasn't sick. I I mean, I, I had a little bit of like nausea, just normal, like, but I wasn't vomiting. Like I actually felt beautiful. I felt like I enjoyed it. I I loved being pregnant and I never in a million years ever thought that that would happen to me. We had our gender reveal and it was a boy. Like, and it's funny because I always said, if I ever, ever have another child, I want it to be a boy who's born in the spring because all of us, me, my husband, both my daughters were all fall babies. And so I'm like, I'm sick of fall birthdays. I want a spring chicken. Like, (laughs) and he was born in March, the end of March. So Mm -hmm. I had my boy born in the spring. My mom told me like, God cares about those little things, even though like they're like seem like, oh yeah, you know, it does not that important if he's a boy born in the spring. But like when he blesses us with something like that, like he does actually care about those little wants and that you ask for. And so it was just, everything was a confirmation that like this was so planned. We had applied for, to buy a home, like 
before I found out I was pregnant and we got denied. And like that home wouldn't have worked out like if I had another child. So like all these things that were happening, my husband started a new job that was much better for having a newborn and all these things. So everything that happened leading up to me finding out I was pregnant, I'm like, okay, this all makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. this was all so meant to be. Mm And the way I approached pregnancy was just the world of a difference. I had a voice. Oh, did I have a voice? Like I advocated for myself in every aspect, any lab, anything that I did, I researched it. I, you know, asked questions. I denied things that I didn't feel were appropriate or I didn't feel comfortable with. Um, I made the decisions in my pregnancy. And that was the first time I ever got to do that. Um, I, so for example, like the gestational diabetes test, um, I actually have a lot of trauma around that because the first time uh, they made me do it again since my blood sugars were elevated and I had to do the three hour one fasting Mm -hmm. because back then uh, it used to be fasting and now they've realized that I guess you're supposed to eat before it's better. So I was fasting. I was extremely nauseous. I had to drink a drink that was like three more times sugary than the original one and stay there for three hours. They said, if you vomit, you have to do it all over again. So I was literally shaking, like shaking. I was so sick. I was spinning. And like I had to, I ended up like at the last 30 minutes outside in a bush, vomiting my guts up. Um, And luckily, because it was like at the very end, they were able to take my blood right away and I didn't have to do it again. But basically, I was like traumatized. Like, I never want to take that test again. That was horrible. Um, So this time I actually researched and I found like a better drink that was literally just like organic sugar and lemon. And I drank that. I advocated for the lab I wanted to go to that accepted that test. Um, And... I ate a balanced meal beforehand. Um, the whole time that I waited for my sugar, for my blood to be taken, I actually went on a walk around the facility and just like breathed in the fresh air. And it actually was super pleasant. Like I couldn't believe it. I was so scared to take that test. And I was like, oh, like I feel great. And my blood sugars were normal. I didn't have gestational diabetes. Um, I was like, I re- highly recommend the book Real Food for Pregnancy by Lily Nichols. It's oh my thing. gosh. Like in I already kind of knew a lot about like eating real food, but like for anybody, any pregnant person like needs to read that book. Mm-hmm. If you plan on being pregnant, if you are pregnant, uh it's such a wealth of knowledge. It really just without being shameful, it just teaches you why these foods are nourishing, why you should, you know, it goes through different labs that you're going to take. Like it even goes through a little bit of postpartum. Like it's just so amazing. And so I followed like that book and was just like nourishing my body, but I also was like indulging as well. Like, um, when I wanted to, like, and I was just like, had a really healthy balance of like Mm -hmm. eating healthy and like enjoying my pregnancy and like, having some cravings, but yet also like nourishing my body properly. And I gained weight and I was like, not pale and like nutrient depleted, like before, like I was just really like vibrant and happy, um, and planning a home birth. (laughs) So now you're choosing a home birth. What was that like? And how I'm just so excited to hear that experience. 
Yeah, so I'm choosing this home birth because I wanted to be able to advocate for myself. I just felt like if I'm in a hospital setting, I'm not going to be able to, to advocate for myself the way I wanted to. Like, unfortunately, I just feel like there's so many interventions. I felt like if I was at the hospital, I'd be constantly fighting. Like, no, don't do this. and No, don't do that. I just wanted to be in a safe space where everybody knew what I wanted um, and just... Um, be able to embrace and enjoy the birth that I really wanted. So we came across the home birth. I found a midwife, which was hard to do in my, like, I wasn't connected. I couldn't even really find them through Google search. Like, but I came across, once I came across one person in the home birth community, I um, found a plethora of people who were um, serving that community. So I chose my midwife and she was amazing. Um, I also chose a doula because I felt since I never had um, a non-medicated birth that that would be like super helpful for me. Um, and so I actually made it to uh, 40 weeks and I was past my due date, of course. And I was, I wasn't like super crazy about like, I need the baby out of me, but I had did the laundry, cleaned my house, prepped everything. I'm like, okay, the baby should come this weekend. Cause like I'm ready. So before like my house like falls apart again, I want to give birth to the baby. <laughs> so I was like at home, um, just doing all the exercises. I think all day long, we like, I like curb walked and like did all this crazy stuff. And like, I kind of felt like something was brewing, but I, you know, wasn't having contractions yet. So I went to, uh, I was ready to go to bed. I'm like, okay, I guess it's not going to happen tonight. Um, and I'm exhausted from all the exercise I did today. So I'm going to get some rest. And as soon as I laid down, we put on Netflix, the contractions start. And I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> we'll see, you know, let me time them. And so they're like 10 minutes apart. I'm like, okay, I think that this is you know, starting. Um, so, but in my past, I was in labor for like two days. So I'm like, okay, like I'm probably going to have the baby like tomorrow night or something like that. Um, I'm going to try to like get some rest. I told my husband, you better go to sleep, get some rest. Tomorrow's going to be a big day. Like I, you know, let my midwife and my doula know, like, I think I'm, you know, starting to go into labor, but I want everybody to get, I was very concerned about everybody getting rest. I'm like, everybody get rest, everybody go to sleep. Cause it's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, yeah, I don't want everybody here all night. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to get rest. Like I did before with my past labor. Um, well within like 30 minutes to an hour of being in labor, I started having intense, intense contractions I did not expect this whatsoever. Like there was no easy progression. I had the most intense like back labor ever. It was like, I've never, ever felt this intensity. And I was literally only in labor for 30 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, am I making a mistake of having a home birth? Like maybe, you know, am I going to be able to handle this for like 48 hours? Like what do you know? I don't know. This is like, I started to get a little bit fearful and scared. Um, because I'm like, wow, like this is hitting me like insanely. I had this picture of like, I was going to be at home, like listening to music, like swaying and dancing and praying and like talking with my loved ones and like, just like on the yoga ball and like all this awesome stuff. And I was like, I can't move. I can't talk. I was already vocalizing and I was already like an hour, only an hour in. I'm like, whoa, I was shaking like it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, my contractions were like 
two minutes apart. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? But I was still convinced that I needed to get rest and that nobody needed to come. <laughs> so I ended up laboring until four in the morning all by myself with contractions that were only a couple minutes apart and super intense. And I didn't wake anybody up. And I was just like going through it. I'm just like, I was literally like moaning through every single one. I didn't sleep a lick. I didn't rest a lick. Like I was just, it was so intense. So at four in the morning, I started to get scared. I'm like, okay, I may be giving birth to this baby unassisted in my bed if I don't start telling people what's going on. So I told everybody, (laughs) I woke my husband up. I'm like, okay, like this is getting really intense. Like, I don't know. I might have the baby soon. Like I'm getting scared. The midwife's not going to make it on time with the pool. So everybody, all the troops started making their way over. Um, and I, um, was just, it was so intense. Like it, it just, it was, I wasn't prepared for that. Like I had been through labor twice before. So I thought I knew what to expect. Um, I knew I was doing unmedicated, but I didn't know that it would be as intense as it was from the beginning. And my back labor was just so excruciating. I never felt anything like it. Um, So that kind of like threw me for a loop and like kind of shook me a little bit. Um, But I was determined. Like when I set my mind to something, I'm like, it would take a medical emergency to transfer me to the hospital. So I'm not giving up on my plans. Like this is what I'm doing. Um, And my daughters were there and I was kind of like starting to get apprehensive about them being there because I'm like, whoa, like this is way more intense than I expected. I'm kind of like, I don't want to scare them, you know, like, and I gave them full range. Like if you guys don't want to be there, you don't have to, you guys could go in your room. Um, but they wanted to be there. So they set up the pool and everything. Um, my midwife, she told me like, why don't you try to lay down for a little bit? Cause at this point I had been on the yoga ball for a few hours and things were just so intense that I was like getting very weary. Um, and so she's like, why don't you try to just like lay down for a little bit and see like, you know, get a little bit of rest before the big show. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm probably going to be in labor all day still, you know? So I go lay down and actually like the intensity subsided just a little while I was laying down and I was able to close my eyes a bit. And that was exactly the rejuvenation that like I needed, um, to be able to make it the rest of the way. Um, so my midwife came in and she checked me and she's like, um, you are completely dilated. I fill baby's head. There's a bag of water that's going to burst any second. Like I here, I was thinking I was literally like a four or a five. I'm like, there's no way. And she's like, no girl. Like when you're ready to get in that pool, get in that pool, unless you want to give birth in bed. (laughs) So I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? Like Oh, I was so excited because I really thought I was going to be in labor like this all day. At this point, it was like, I don't know, eight in the morning or something like that. So um, I uh, got into the pool and when I got into the pool, it was game time. Like Mm. as soon as I got in there, those contractions were like just full body takeovers. (laughs) Um, It was so intense. My water just like bursted which I never felt that before, like, because they always did it for me and I had the epidural. So like this, I just felt like it just bursted. And as soon as it bursted, that baby just went 
down to that birth canal. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so like, it really was like my body just did it for me. Like I finally understood what people said when they said that, like, okay, like I could not imagine being transported to a hospital. Like I could not imagine, like I had just listened to the podcast of the woman who gave birth in her car. Like that totally would have been me because there's no stopping. There's no stopping. Like it was just like, everything was just happening beautifully. So, um, but it was so intense. And, uh, I think in that moment, like I had a room full of people, like my doula, my midwife, her assistant, my husband, my best friend, my mom, my daughters, like it was a room packed of people. And I seen none of them. Like I was just like laser focused on like, what I was going through. Uh, and I had on the Christian hypnobirthing app and like, I was just like, just focused. So um, my daughters came in and like my youngest daughter, she was like reading Bible verses over me. My older daughter was like, help, like putting the wet rag on me. And like, they were just like, you could do this mom. And like, even though I was like in such an intense contraction, I couldn't like acknowledge them the way I wanted to. It was so beautiful. Like, it was just amazing that they were there for me in that moment. And like my daughter handed me a little card with like my favorite Bible verse on me on it. And like, I couldn't even like hold on to it. Cause I was like, just in such intensity of like contractions, but like, I just like set it down, like dropped it on the floor and like stared at it. And um, so with the next contractions, the baby, you know, made his way down and began to crown. And at that moment, uh, my, uh, midwife came in because there was this giant contraction that just came over me that I think was a little bit out of control. <laughs> like it was just like, Whoa, like I wasn't expecting that. And, um, so she came rushing in and was like, she sat in front of me and literally all, I don't know how she did it, but all I could hear was like her voice walking me through what was happening to my body. Like literally the way she said it was exactly as I felt it. And it was mm-hmm. so amazing. And she just like walked me through like pushing that head out. She had me doing like the, like blowing the birthday candle thing. And like, she just like walked me through it. And that's all I could hear in that moment. I was just like zoned out on her voice. And exactly as she said it, my son's head just came out. And like the ring of fire, all of that, like honestly was nothing to me because the intensity of the back labor was just so much like stronger that I was like just relieved. It was just like a relief. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, yes. Like it just felt like such relief. And so in that next contraction, uh, she was hoping I would be able to kind of get the body out. Um, But he didn't come out. And so she asked my husband, like, can you stand her up? And so he stood me up. And when he stood me up, there was just this giant sensation that went through my body. And I literally growled my baby out. And he just came just beautifully, just the whole body just came flying out of me. (laughs) And it was like, it was, everybody was crying. Like every, it was just like, I was like, I couldn't even believe it. It was just like, it happened to me. And like, I felt like I was out of control in the moment, but everybody was like, oh my gosh, you were so contained. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't believe how contained you were. But for me, I never vocalized in either of my births or labors. And this was the first time, like, I was just like, I think because I just felt comfortable and free and like, I was just letting myself just go with nature. And so I was just like vocalizing and like groaning and just making noises. And it was like, 
I feel so out of control, but like everyone was like, you were like meditating. Like you looked like you were meditating. What's amazing though is like it's in the best way. Like birth is the most out of control that will ever be, but it's the most vibrant and powerful as well. And I think that what is so amazing about that, Amanda, is you through these experiences reached that like feminine maternal strength where it's like so clear you were so confident in who you are and the journey that you've been on. And it's led you to this moment where you are, you're a force to be reckoned with. Um, it's just so beautiful to hear. And I know that this story is going to be so inspiring to so many moms. And I, I just can't thank you enough for sharing. It has been such an honor to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. I'm so glad that I had this platform to be able to share my story and hopefully my story is inspiring to others. That's my big hope. Thanks, Amanda. What an emotional, incredible episode. I cannot get over Amanda's strength and I know that will certainly pour into this episode's roundup. So first of all, I am so blown away by how Amanda used her experience of becoming pregnant at 14, having a baby at 15, to propel her forward in her aspirations. At a time when she felt so alone and was struggling so deeply, she still saw the worth of her child and knew that she was worth the struggle and toil. She turned something so difficult into something so triumphant even graduating from high school with a 4.0 GPA. Next, when Amanda became pregnant for the second time as a teen, she felt so much pain and confusion, and yet she looked at her other daughter and knew that this baby was going to be a blessing. I am so overwhelmed at the beauty of Amanda's choices to celebrate life, and what seemed so tragic at the time, having two daughters as a teen herself, turned into the beautiful blessings of her daughters. As Amanda and her mother discussed, sometimes the things that seem so difficult at the time are, in retrospect, the things that save us. Praise God for his provision for Amanda in terms of her ability to raise her babies and in the loving support yet firm boundaries that her parents set out for her in the process. And finally, when Amanda became pregnant with her third child, Despite the fact that she is a fully grown adult woman and certainly capable of taking care of another baby, one of the first things that happened when she sat looking at that pregnancy test was a rush of old traumas, of feeling down on herself because this pregnancy was, quote, unexpected. But what I loved about this story was the fact that Amanda now so clearly sees this pregnancy, along with her two other pregnancies, they weren't unexpected. They were known. They were seen. And they were expected by the creator of the universe. Amanda was able to triumphantly and confidently give birth to her third baby safely in her own home. She was able to reclaim motherhood with a new sense of power and confidence. And I am so thrilled that Amanda's children are able to see what a strong, loving, beautiful mother they have, one who will lay it all down for them. Okay, my friends, that is all that I've got for you for today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. 
Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.